Hey friends, Cozzy here from Human Being School and welcome to episode six. Uh, Last week, if you tuned in, you got to hear my story of rock bottom uh, and I shared some insights into where anxiety took me. Today, I want to share with you the journey of finding my way back to myself. This is a story for those of you that that have been through or are currently going through a challenge like this. I hope within you find something which helps you on your path to healing. So let's begin. The first question, how did I end up here? Trapped in a spiral of negative thoughts body reacting to every trigger, having panic attacks on a weekly basis. How did I let it get to this point? It actually wasn't until yesterday, I was teaching a middle school health class, that I was able to actually articulate the reason for my hesitation in speaking up when everything inside me was at its worst. I felt a sense of shame and guilt because on the outside, my life seemed perfect. I had a loving partner, a great job, a great family, and a job that I really loved. I had great relationships and a life that had given me so much. I felt the shame about how I was feeling because I reasoned that a person with this life shouldn't have mental health issues. It was almost like I felt unworthy to be able to admit that I was having challenges with my mental health. So I stayed quiet. I actually invalidated my own internal struggles because of this picture that I had painted on the outside about my life. And that hesitation to speak up is why it got so bad. And it was only then that the healing journey began when I finally acknowledged that I needed help. Healing is a learning journey. It's a journey that requires you to strap in and do the work. And the first step to any journey, just like I mentioned, is about awareness and acknowledgement. Awareness of what's happening to you and acknowledging that you need to do something about it. This is where mine began. With an awareness that I wasn't in the place that I wanted to be. So I took the first step in seeking professional help. The next step was finding my mantra and finding my why. This was a key driver in helping me get better. And I'll give you a bit of backstory. So... Not long before my breakdown, my dad was actually diagnosed with late-stage inoperable pancreatic cancer in about February of 2022, and I knew that he'd be on borrowed time. And I was actually reading Jordan Peterson's book, 12 Rules for Life, and there was a clear synchronicity. I'd read a quote almost that same weekend, which had said to me, Aim to be the person at your father's funeral that everyone in their grief and misery can rely on. It really hit home. And I knew that in my state at that time, I wasn't the man that anyone in my family could rely on. But now I had a goal. I had a why. That was the man I had to become. And it became my sole focus and driver throughout my journey. The next step 
which coincides with the first two, is taking responsibility. This step came with the realization that no one is going to do any of the work for me and that my healing is my responsibility and mine alone. Professional help and support network is obviously a huge part of it, but it can only take you so far. You've got to be willing to put in the reps. This meant implementing all the tools and strategies that I'd been given by my psychologist. So the first tool I implemented as part of this work was a form of shock therapy. I'd actually gotten to a point where I'd get triggered by my own thoughts and I'd start ruminating about my heart rate or chest pain or some other really minor symptom. I'd start Googling it, searching for symptoms and searching why they were happening, and then I'd spiral. So I had to wear an elastic band on my wrist, and every time I'd have a triggering thought, I'd snap it on my wrist to snap me out of the pattern. And I began also journaling my progress with this every day, along with my other thoughts, feelings throughout the journey, noting any thoughts or specific behaviors that triggered me or my nervous system. This was an extremely slow process and required daily commitment. It was months and months of work. I made breathwork and cold water therapy a part of my daily practice. Both helped me re-regulate my central nervous system. So when an anxious person gets triggered, their nervous system struggles to regulate out of a really heightened state. So what we want is to trigger that parasympathetic response meaning we get a heart rate slowing down and body moving into that more relaxed, calm state. So this was probably around April of 2022. And we actually headed to Sri Lanka uh, for a five-week trip. And I was still in the early stages of getting better and was still very easily triggered. I remember actually going out for a swim in the surf and it was like fairly rough they were getting into monsoon season and i had a panic attack when i was in the water i had to make my way back to shore heart rate pounding and then the irony was the reason that i'd had the attack was because i was actually just worrying about actually having one in the water and worrying about like having a heart attack or something when i was out there like just a ridiculous thought pattern that i would keep getting stuck in so on that trip I was journaling every day, uh, working through my own internal uh, programs and thoughts. We actually spent the final week of that trip at an Ayurvedic retreat, a place which practices traditional Indian medicine that focuses on healing of mind, body, and spirit. It involved daily yoga, uh, daily meditation, and it was definitely another step in, in my healing journey. I came home having made progress and I was in, it was on returning home, a friend of mine sent me a message and suggested that I head to this men's circle. She'd met this group of women and they were hosting a circle up in Warrandyte. I was a little skeptical at first but trusted that there was a reason this had come up. So I headed to Warrandyte a few days after returning home. This was my first men's circle and this particular one uh, it was a mapacho, Peruvian mapacho ceremony, which incorporates a healing tobacco in its ritual. The day was centered around vulnerability. It was about men's business. 
five men sitting in a circle hosted by three women. We shared openly about the challenges we'd all faced, all from different walks of life, what had brought us here and what we wanted to do to get better. This openness and vulnerability was a huge part of the healing process. It was part of that acknowledgement and awareness. It was about vulnerability without judgment. Following this uh, men's circle, Jess noticed, as did I, a distinct shift in my energy. And this was definitely around the time that I turned the corner. I began to feel that I was evolving into a newer version of myself. And I also began to notice that I was having more good days than bad ones. Gradually, my sleep was less interrupted. I had less triggering thought patterns. I could catch myself more quickly. The alarm in my body was dissipating. I was healing. And while this might sound like some perfect progression on the path to mental wellness, let me tell you, the pathway had a lot of potholes. I actually remember one story from July. So it was that was July of 2022. We headed to Europe. And I was still, like, the anxious thoughts were still there. I was still ruminating quite a bit. Like I I said, I had good days and bad days. But I remember I was quite sick, actually, on the plane over to Rome. And my leg had swelled up quite badly. I I could feel like I had what felt like I thought was a clot. Anyway, so when we got off the plane uh, in Rome, Jess actually busted me. I was Googling where the nearest hospital was. And I was, you know, freaking out, thinking I've got a blood clot, I'm going to die. Like we on our first first day here in in a three month, four month Europe trip, and I'm gonna, I'm literally going to go to the hospital and, and have to have a blood clot removed. And um, that was how bad, like that was how bad it got. Still, and that was, you know, six months, five six months down the track from from where I'd begun that year, and it took the best part of twelve months for that type of programming and uh, behavior to dissipate through that work that I was putting in. While the panic attacks and manic thoughts began to subside, there were still days when both came back with a vengeance. And each time this happened, I had to go back to my mantra and remember where I needed to be and the man that I wanted to become. One more important step to this is about understanding your story. I wanted to know why and how I'd ended up where I was in that dysregulated, anxious state. I wanted to delve into the root causes of my anxiety. And this meant diving into the narrative that had been a big part of my childhood. This meant learning about the programs that had often kept me stuck in this state. This was the program of be careful, a program of fear. A program that tells you that the world isn't safe. A program that taught me that I wasn't safe. Mum had always been an anxious person. Always trying to control every outcome and protect us from everything. We weren't even allowed to go to the park until we were 15 and we lived in a court. And it was at the end of our street. So I knew that there was a reason why be careful was part of our narrative. It had been in my mum's family probably for two generations. And it was actually on her 60th birthday, I started probing 
uh, my family members for any reasoning as to why this was something that might have been said. And it's a, probably a pretty common one, but I was wanting to get to the bottom of it. They used to say it literally. They still say it literally all the time. My aunt at first said, no, I'm not sure. There's nothing I can think of, but I kept pushing. Family trauma, family trauma is often passed down in story or narrative as a program that can impact future generations. This particular story was passed down to us. Then she remembered her grandfather, my great-grandfather, was killed in a hit and run near his home in Valenzano in Italy uh, while riding his motorbike. Hugely traumatic experience for her family. My grandfather, he was in Australia, so he didn't he wasn't there when his dad died. He already was here with his family. And you can imagine the kind of trauma a young son would feel. My my nonna was only, I think, twenty five or twenty six at the time and hadn't seen his family for about five years. And to get a call and find out that your father has passed away in such horrific circumstances, of course their narrative was be careful. The story finally made sense to me. I sit here now happy, whole and healed because I went on this journey. I took responsibility. So in closing... Here are the lessons I hope you can take away from this. Healing is a learning journey. And as you learn more, you build an understanding of what's happening on the inside. It's most important that you find a why. You find a mantra to keep you going when it gets hard. Healing, your healing, is your responsibility. You're the one that's got to do the work. Build good habits. Remember that it's okay to be vulnerable as long as you have the right support network around you. And most importantly, understand your story. Team, Cozzy, out. I hope you enjoyed.